Welcome to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. I'm your aptly named host of your favorite hebdomadal podcast. Oh, I'm glad you're with me. I'd suffer the effects of gastroparesis if I had to stomach the idea that you missed this week's show. The activist activates activism. Amy Sample Ward returns for a conversation about CBS's proposed show, The Activist, the backlash that ensued, the replacement show, competition, celebrity, and our proposal for an inclusive and appropriate media portrayal of true social change work. Amy is our technology and social media contributor and the CEO of N10. On Tony's Take Two, last chance, planned giving in the pandemic era. We're sponsored by Turn Two Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. Turn hyphen two dot co. Here is the activist activates activism. What a pleasure to always welcome back Amy Sample Ward. You know who she is for Pete's sake. She's our technology and social media contributor and CEO of N10. Her most recent co-authored book is Social Change Anytime Everywhere, about online multi-channel engagement. They are at amysampleward.org and at amyrsward. Amy, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, I'm and I'm honoring back. your new pronouns. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're talking about the activist. And um, I want to... I don't want to give the impression that I'm defending the activist. I mean, I think it's indefensible. Uh, but, you know, you, you and I had some back and forth about it a little bit. And I'm not as I, I, I had some thoughts that I felt like didn't come out in the in the whole conversation. But um, I mean, it's been withdrawn in its original form. So, it's, oh, yeah, Sh- shifted in format or whatever yeah, TV name so is. Yeah. Emphasizing the indefensibility of it, but there were still some things that I wanted to, I wanted to talk about. So just so that everybody's aware on the same page, uh, the activist was a, uh, a television show from uh, CBS global citizen and live nation. And Amy, feel free by the way, to step in. If you think I didn't explain it well, uh, it was a competition. It was a competition among six activists in uh, health education and the environment two activists per mission. Uh, and they were competing for basically social media attention. And the, the winner was going to present to the G20 summit in Rome in, uh, in late October. And they were tasked with competing in missions, media stunts, digital campaigns, and community events. And so, uh, so sounds, sounds like the world as I know it for nonprofits every day. <laughs> so, so, all right. Yeah. Not an accurate, not an accurate depiction of activism. Right. But so what were your, what were your thoughts? Go ahead. I described it. What, what, what were your, your thoughts about the activist? I have a number of thoughts and I Good. think Good. that, you know, a place that we could start is, is, just what what we just said there about the competition piece and and then I really want to get into the celebrity or the celebritizing of what this work is and um you know competition is is a very dangerous mindset that exists in the sector already 
you know, and isn't serving us by thinking we're in competition with each other. And I think there's a large movement of practitioners in social change work and, and organizations trying to really force and invite people to let go of that kind of for-profit world adopted mindset that we're in competition and we're fighting over the dollars and we're fighting over the credit and we're fighting over who gets the attention. And instead, like, where has that gotten us? Is the world dramatically better? I would say no. So what happens if we're not in competition? What happens if we believe that together we have all the resources, that we have all of the, um, you know, materials that we need and we really start doing that work in collaboration? What does it look like to really work in deep collaboration in community with each other, not just with the community members that we're, we're trying to support? So just off the bat, it, it felt like such a, <laughs> a slap in the face of that work of the sector to say, hey, we're, we're, we don't have to be in competition. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we've seen the same backlash that came to the show came to foundations for years who were running the exact same types of competitions. You know, hey, whoever gets the most uh, likes and votes in this week will get our foundation grant. Like those happen for a number of years, you know, yeah. and they stopped because so many folks organized to tell foundations like, oh my gosh, this is obviously so harmful and, and is, is naturally only going to get the same people who win that could have already had the most resources anyway, because they have the most resources to mobilize people to help them win. Right. Like it, it's not actually creating a, a opportunity for folks that are unknown to become the recipients of that attention. Right. Yeah. And, and I agree on the, the competitive aspect. I mean, I'm railing regularly with guests against the, the scarcity mindset. Right. Which which is what competition creates that it's, you know, aligned with that is the, the zero sum that if they if they're getting something, then I'm not getting it. Right. These, these if somebody's together, winning that, the activist, the rest of us lost the activist. Right. Like. Right. Say that again. I said if one person wins the activist, then all the rest of us lost. the. Yeah, activist. we've all. Lost, right. That's right. That's right. Um, so I, I, I agree that the, the competitive way that they organized it was antithetical to what we're all, what we're all trying to achieve. And I know just bringing it down to like nonprofit radio ground, it's antithetical to what lots of guests and I have been talking against for the 11 years I've been doing the show. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, we're not in competition. We should be in collaboration and right. you're, you're, and you're seeing more grant makers recognizing that, Right. Over not that's not just so recent, like over the past but probably ten years or so. Right. More of that. Fortunately that that clicktivism uh clicktivism leads to a grant was was pretty short lived. Right. Right. And I, I think you're right that, I remember that it, but. foundations didn't just stop doing the hey, how many likes do you get? You get a grant competitions. They also moved the other way and said, hey, we will fund coalitions, we'll fund collaborative work, we'll fund intentionally in that way. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other side of things, the celebrity piece, I think, does a couple things. Making it seem like activism um, is this celebrity level, (laughs) you know, like you're on a TV show because you're with whoever, like Usher, (laughs) you know, these celebrities. Julianne, I don't know if it's Julianne Huff or Julianne Howe, Uh I don't know how she pronounce it. And uh, 
Priyanka Chopra Jonas, right? So yeah. So yeah, creating this like celebrityness around uh, around quote unquote activism around around social change work more broadly because I don't know what people think activism of you know I think is really damaging. It makes it feel like it is something reserved for a famous person, right? And that um, I think we already really struggle in the nonprofit sector with this patriarchal white dominant view that, that what we're doing in social change work is actual charity, right? And it's like some old white dude's white wife's pet project, right? And, and so of course you're invited to the fancy celebrity balls because like you're also in that class, right? And, and the work of, social change is not like high class, right? Like we're relegated down here, which is like, we're trying to get rid of classism. (laughs) So the idea that we would like reinforce that kind of elevated, these are the fancy people that get the credit for doing the work and, and the rest of us aren't, um, I think is a really hard kind of mirror to hold up in 2021 um again to a lot a lot of folks not just you and i like none of this is new right lots of people have said this but i I don't know that what the world was needing was a couple people to be elevated as if they were celebrities for for doing important work or that it be presented as something that those single people have done there is no work to, to change communities, to, to resource communities, to change our world that some one single person has done. So again, the celebrity piece is very exclusive. It's like of all the people in Hollywood, right? Like these are the people that made the, the movies and got the awards. So it's also like of all the people doing this work, these are the famous people. And it's that that's it. They're separate. It's very hard and exclusive to be part of that world. I, I don't know, does any favors and i saw that uh, julianne h uh, you know apologized and said that mm. uh, she was not suited to be a judge not qualified to be a judge of course that all she just only did that after the after the backlash she didn't realize up front that she's not qualified to judge <laughs> social change work which she may not even know that phrase I, you know we're not right. i'm not giving her much credit but she didn't realize up front that she wasn't qualified to judge activists yeah this part is where you know see I think that you're you're not giving enough credit to future social change workers and volunteers. And I I I I feel like people are bright enough to recognize that poverty doesn't get solved by Usher coming to a club event in Los Angeles and getting. I, and getting I don't know that you can say that. Two thousand people. Well, all right. I mean, looking well, around the world right now, it does not seem that people are understanding or acknowledging how things will change and, and what the work is to change them. Like, <laughs> just looking at examples from 2021 alone, it doesn't seem like the world is all on board. for. <laughs> it's time for a break. Turn to communications. Attention spans are short. And there is an overwhelming volume of media. We all know this. So how do you get heard and remembered? You find your core message and you make it concise. Turn to, we'll get you there. 
They can help you with that so that as they get you placed in those major media outlets that you've heard me name and in podcasts, in blogs, in conferences, in op-ed pages, your concise core message resonates. They will help you hone your message and get it heard because your story is their mission. Turn to communications, turn hyphen to dot co. Now back to the activist activates activism. What examples are you looking at? I mean, we could look at schools. We could look at rent relief. We could look at college loan forgiveness. We could look at all of these topics where well, the evidence of what's needed. There you are know? activists behind each of those. I mean, I was thinking of I was thinking of the grassroots of Black Lives Matter. Oh, totally. I'm not saying that there aren't movements Protests, there, but you know, the idea that the country. sure, but I think there's still a lot of folks who feel like. And and the me too. And, and we me should too. just and, be able to have those things, you know, go a certain way and not like Black Lives Matter didn't start in 2020, you know, and going for years and years. And I think a lot of folks deep in the Black Lives Matter movement would say, yes, there have been important wins. There have been important changes. And look at where we are at. Like, this is a, a long path and not everybody's here for long path work, you know? Oh, I, yeah, I don't, not everybody's here for long path work. No. I mean, how many folks, just not, to use that I, example, I, how many folks put up a, you know, we, whatever kind of empty, we, we support black lives statement last summer and have taken it off their website and have done no material change in their work. Right. All right. Well, those are among the, yeah, those are among the frivolous people or or entities, corporations, whatever. They they did it for publicity. It was it was good for a few months. They gave their corporate promise not to. Uh, well, now I'm shifting gears a little bit, but the, the corporate promises not to give to uh, uh, folks in Congress who voted to decertify the election, you know. But those promises only lasted a month or a couple months or something, right. and and they found back channel ways to do it. Maybe right. even during, maybe when their pledge was still up. But yeah, now, uh, uh, okay, I, I just, all right, I guess you're looking more at the, 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 the negative examples. I'm looking at, I mean, there was activism beginning with uh, when, as much as I don't like to do politics on the show, I went to the, uh, I went to the, the, um, the rally right after Trump was elected, the, that, January, that January 2017 rally in Washington, D.C., the women's the the wasn't it called the women's march and mm-hmm. yeah um i mean there there's were a million those were a million people sure showed up and and protested what looked like a uh what what looked like at the time it was going to be a white you know white dominant narrative party and and emerged to be that and much more in terms of but but i actually think these examples you're bringing up are, are disproving your point because the point you were making, I think, was something we talked about when when the when the cameras weren't rolling, when the when the recording wasn't going. Of you know, a show like this is going to really put this kind of work in the spotlight, and it's going to bring more people into the sector. But the the stories that you're bringing up are showing that, like, well before this show, which hasn't aired yet, there were plenty of people already showing up. So I don't know that 
that we've been waiting on a show that celebratizes what activism work is to have people feel like doing social change is something that they can and should be a part of. Well, all right, that was an early opinion too. When I was, uh, I, I, before I had done a lot of research or I, before I had thought more about it, um, I just, I, I, I just, I, I think, again, I think it, sh- it short changes folks to, to think that they believe that celebrity is the, the root of activism. Celebrity is essential to activism. Oh, I don't, I'm not making the point that it's, it's essential to it, but I'm saying that when you remove people from the work and make them celebrities, it, it is now detached from the, the work. And so it is, it's reinforcing a, a weird dynamic in the sector that the people that will get that visibility are then removed and are up here as celebrities. You know, I think even just to keep on the, the, the Women's March example, a lot of the folks that were the core organizers of that very first Women's March, which has continued and taken on other work as well, you know, have, have faced a lot of harshness when put in celebrity spotlight for their role in that. Um, Both people tearing them apart, finding other things they've been a part of in their past and claiming that because they worked on some other campaign, now they're actually have some secret motive to tear this, you know, movement down that it, it, it hasn't been good um, when visibility has come to them. Right. But so I just, I think naming what celebrity does to a movement is important as part of what I think folks were asking the, the organizing nonprofit to account for, you know, I think part of what folks were calling and, and giving feedback to global citizen about wasn't like, Hey, this is an awful show format. It was take accountability for what is going to happen. If you are removing these people and you're, turning them into celebrities instead of honoring that they are people doing work who are full humans, right? They are not about social media likes and, and media blitz competitions. Like we have to give space for people's wholeness. Otherwise that we're just going to chew them up and, and spit them out. Like, like we do with a lot of other celebrity culture. Right. And that's not going to be good for the movements they've been deeply invested in. And and the, the, I, mean, I mean, I think the, the, the backlash itself demonstrated that there are people who recognize that the work is deeper than a, a culture of celebrity. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, so I don't, and I don't think those who are currently in social change work are the only ones who recognize that it's deeper work than a, a culture of celebrity. That's right. what I'm saying. I'm, and even folks who are, you know, like current teenagers, I think as I think they would recognize, I mean, they might've been drawn to the show for the wrong reason, but I think as sure. they, as they aged and for those who emerged into social change work and, and true activism that they would, well, they'd eventually face a harsh reality. If they right. went in with the, if they went in with the wrong impression that would quickly be, uh, quickly be defeated as they didn't get any jobs because they kept telling interviewers that they wanted to rub shoulders with, uh, with Usher. Right. They, want, they I, wanted the celebrity position. So they yeah. Gonna, yeah. Right. Um, but I, I think they would have been smart enough. I, I think even young folks are smart enough to have, to have come to the, to recognize that it's, it's more than celebrities in a, at an event in a club. Right. All right. 
Now, all right, so I want to give Global Citizen their due because they did, uh, there was a joint s- statement from CBS and Global Citizen and Live Nation. And then Global Citizen also had its own statement, which said, in part, global activism centers on collaboration and cooperation, not competition. We apologize to the activists, hosts, and the larger activist community. We got it wrong. It is our responsibility to use this platform in the most effective way to realize change and elevate the incredible activists dedicating their lives to progress all around the world. So they came around. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a, to me, that's a very, that's a very responsible apology too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't uh, account for. The fact that they got into it. Yeah. They were led right. Because, that, right. Like what, this, all of right. it happened. Where, well, um, the same thing I said about Julianne H, you know, where were you? When we right. were having, when, when the producers first approached you, yeah, I, right. And I think know, the they thing say about they got accountability it. is, you know, demonstrating that you actually heard the feedback and will change. Um, so I I hear that there was like we get that people are mad, and yeah. we will change the format, but but I think it would have been also awesome to hear like, hey, honestly this is what we had been looking at and what we were valuing when we made that decision. And here's how we're going to change those values. So this doesn't happen again, because, because global citizen is a very prominent, well-resourced organization themselves. And so, yeah. As far as, as far as apologies go, you know, um, versus a statement, but had it been more of an, an actual apology, that's what I would have wanted to hear. Hey, this is what we were valuing. This is how we made this yeah. original decision. And this is how we're going to change those values so that we don't make this decision again. I agree. But based on the way they operate, I'm not sure that they're capable of that. Now, I didn't know a lot about global citizen, but they give points for activism and you trade in those points for rewards. Right. Like, um, like a VIP experiences, like right. uh, tickets and gift cards and right. subscriptions. So, you know, like earn 20 points, call Congress. I was just on the website earlier. Yeah. Earn 20 points, support COVID-19 relief for LGBT plus people. Uh, yeah. But you only get 10 points if you end the pandemic for all, which didn't seem right to me. But if, if the LGBT community gets 20 points, how come the whole world, everybody, everybody plus LGBT only gets half that? It makes sense. That part didn't make sense to me. I thought it, I thought it, if LGBT is 20, then the whole world should be like 200, I thought, or 2000 because there's so many more, you know, but right. All right so I mean, their fundamental these, they give these business model get, is already based right, on right. creating so the currency of how you act. And yeah. there's, you get VIP backstage experiences. So, right. So I, I mean, there's a reason why they were the ones of, yeah. of 1.8 million U.S. nonprofits. Well, they were the organization in this deal, yeah. um, of course, because they are ones that are already set up kind of doing work in that way. But may, maybe the feedback was more than just the show, you know, <laughs> like maybe there was something to hear in that reaction that was about what they are valuing in the work versus just the the TV format yeah. of this right. It was <laughs> about their business model, and I don't think they want to hear that. So right. I, that's why I say I, I don't think they're capable of the kind of apology that you're talking about, because I don't think they want to question 
their right. business model and their core values. They get, you know, they have millions of activists and billions of people affected. You know, it's like, so if, so if I sign a petition to end pandemic for all, doesn't that count as 7 billion people affected because <laughs> I've signed a petition for the whole world? Is that seven? Is that seven well, and I think this is the difficulty of um, this, this time we find ourselves in of, of being alive and in 2021 of there are so many things, at least on my list, I'm sure on your list too, th- that I think would need to dramatically change or go away and, and, be formed anew in order for us to have a world even slightly close to an equitable world. And if there's that many things to change and there's that many needs, you know, there's going to have to be a whole lot of ways that we try to get there and lots of different missions, lots of different versions of the same mission, right? Like we have to try everything and anything to try to get there within reason, not like truly trying anything and everything. And so, you know, the model of global citizen, not for me, I'm not going to work there and I'm not going to (laughs) like take the point based actions. Are there people that take them? Yes. Great. And so like there can, there, and maybe that will go away at some point in this very long journey that hopefully everybody is signed on to, right. Of getting to a better world. But it's hard because I feel challenged to hold on to like, that's not for me. And, but maybe it's for someone, right? Like just because I don't like that flavor ice cream doesn't mean that flavor of ice cream shouldn't exist. Yeah. And so like, how do we, how do we take a like harm reduction mentality versus an like idealistic, there's some perfect rubric. Um, and not that I think you're saying that, but for me, I think, okay, well, if we're, if we're, if we're going to say harm reduction, because we can't avoid that right now, then maybe it's not doing a show that's profiling people through global citizen. It's profiling people through local grassroots, you know, like interviews and finding folks who are doing work outside of traditional models or, you know, what, whatever it might be. Like maybe the, maybe the invitation then for harm reduction in creating some ridiculous TV show is sourcing the folks that are going to be featured in a different way. It's time for Tony's Take Two. Last chance, planned giving in the pandemic era. It's your life. If you miss it, uh, I don't know what else to say. It's hosted by JMT Consulting. Thank you. Thank you very much, JMT. It's on September 30th, 2 to 3 Eastern Time. And here's what's on the agenda. What planned giving is, who your best prospects are, where to start your program, and how does planned giving fit in our pandemic era. To make your reservation, you got it's free. By the way, this is free, but you got to make a reservation jmtconsulting.com, go to events, and then middling speaker series. Actually, it's not middling. You know, uh, it's, not, it's not lackluster either, where I would be the only person listed. It's the expert speaker series. Ah, yuck, yuck, yuck. That's where you go. Expert speaker series. I hope you'll be with me September 30th. Let's talk about 
planned giving in our pandemic era and all important, your questions. Most important part, I think that's the most important part of any webinar because that puts the focus on what you're thinking, what you didn't quite grasp, how the topic relates to your work. The questions, the all-important Q&A. Of course, it's included. I didn't mention that in the agenda, but and I, I don't want to. I don't want to assume that it's a. Uh, it, it's there. Just trust me. Plenty of time for Q and A. That is Tony's take two. We've got Buku, but loads more time for the activist activates activism, which I am kind of enjoying saying. I, I've always thought about in the, doing a, a podcast that elevates grassroots work, mm. but you have. But you have to be more of a storyteller. See, I'm not, right. my podcast, this show is not about storytelling. I'm not a storyteller. I would need a producer who's a good storyteller. But you can chat to somebody. <laughs> yeah, I can chat. I know, but it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to go. Is it, yeah. It's not going to be that, it's not going to be that interesting beyond the nonprofit community. I'm talking about a, a yeah. show, whether it's a podcast or TV or YouTube stream, whatever it is, live stream, whatever it is that tells the story of, a community of nonprofits or a single nonprofit and how they're doing their work, how they've evolved, how their work has evolved. Maybe they yeah. had to pivot it at some point because they realized they, they were, weren't not maybe not only doing well, but or doing good, but maybe they're doing harm. So they had to change and yeah. you know, tells that story, the, the arc of a, of a nonprofit yeah. doing grassroots work that, but as I said, that takes a storyteller and, yeah. you know, and the global citizen, I mean, that's a that's a counterexample. The, the activism around global citizens is a counterexample to what I said earlier about having faith in future activists, because there are a bunch of people who are just doing clicktivism, right. and they're getting VIP experiences after they trade in their their two thousand points. So right. I realize that's a counterexample to what I was saying, but they're not the folks that I'm paying attention to. Right. Well, I, and maybe you know, I have faith. I have faith in humanity. Is what I'm saying. Yes, and And, and I'm hopeful that... And and future social change workers. How they've changed the format. Of course, we're yet to have watched it or whatever, but changing the format to being a a docu-series, presumably then like each episode is just about one of them or whatever, really does honor the community of work, um, you know, whatever movement they're in, not just that person. And I think in doing that, it could contribute to the point you were trying to make earlier of then people see that and think they could be part of it because it isn't about, Oh, well, like what are the odds that I would be Sarah or, you know, whoever the person is versus, Oh, I can be in that movement. Right. And that movement is accessible to me. Um, And and that's the the big piece that I think is important. Yeah. I I like it's it's accessible. I, I could see myself as part of that. Well, because it removes the competition and removes the celebrity. Right. Two of the most offensive parts of the whole uh, right. endeavor, the initial, the right. initial endeavor. All right. All right. Um, something else that we chatted about on email, uh, you know, I have to be car- careful, but I don't want us to be as a community so self-righteous that we think we can't be accurately portrayed in 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 uh, popular culture, mm. um, and I, you know, I, I I went back. You know, I was thinking. Remember the philanthropist? Kind yeah, of. It was, it was around. I remember it in name, but I don't. I never All saw right. it. Yeah, it was it was frivolous. It was. I'm not citing it as a good example of <laughs> of, of popular culture 
Don't put um, it in my, my Netflix queue or whatever. Yeah, don't. I don't even. Th- I think they struck it. I don't even think it's available anymore. But it was a jet-setting billionaire. He oh, did God. good deeds, motivated by he, he saved a a, a a a black child in Nigeria from a hurricane or something. And oh God, it was a pivotal Just moment in his life. White white saviorism yes, right, at its exactly, peak. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and he, <laughs> I think he had his own jet or something. I don't know. But he. He had the means to travel around the world and do good deeds for, for less fortunate people of color uh, throughout the world. How, how and how grateful the world was for him. I'm sure. Yes. Well, well. All right. So that that was frivolous. That was frivolous. Yeah. Um, but I. So I'm not trying to like string these things together. I'm just you know another example of all right that that was a bad that was a bad attempt. I just so there's there's the philanthropist now there's the activist. I don't want us to to get to a point where we we feel that we like I said, that we, there can't be a, an accurate portrayal of our, of our work uh, in, 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 in media and popular culture, because, because there's no, there's no profession that's accurately portrayed. Sure. I mean, you know, law and order, law enforcement doesn't happen in half hour bites from investigation to verdict. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I mean, the office seemed pretty accurate for what I imagine is a small, corporate, small, <laughs> small corporate office. Um, it was even better when it was Ricky Gervais. When, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. The act. Right. But they weren't they weren't activists, but they were Dunder Mifflin. Um, so that's all. I just don't want us to like I said, like I already said, I, I don't want us to be too self-righteous that, that the work has to be so accurately portrayed that that no portrayal will suffice. Sure, but I guess like what's what's the show that does that? That like is accurately portraying the work, is not sensationalizing it, is not, you know, making light of it or or making it seem frivolous. Like what is that? Like a a lot of a lot of movement work is emails, Google Docs socializing ideas right. with 18 right. different nobody's coalition gonna, partners. Right? Nobody's like, going to watch that show or listen to that podcast. Right. And so I guess that's my, my question. Like what's, what's the show that is an accurate portrayal that isn't, that isn't either sensationalizing it and making it feel like every nonprofit is out there saving babies every day when like and then they're not and so then our donors then saying oh well like you're oh let me go find the one that is right like what it's i'm willing i'm willing to hear your point but i want to hear like an example that that convinces me well there isn't one yet but it's the show (laughs) it's the show that will when i find the right producer it's the show that will will tell a a genuine and not heartstring not right not uh, not a heartstring story, but we'll tell a genuine story of successes and failures and how the, how that organization or that community of organizations have improved their, uh, you know, improved the water in their community yeah, or, or sheltered animals or sheltered mothers and, and children. Right. You know, so there, there is a, there is a space for a, a heartfelt genuine story. That's not, not sensationalized. Right. We nobody's produced it yet. Right. Well, and I also think there's a, I would anticipate even somebody 
looking to produce that would rely on some of the same structures that many others have relied on, which is like, it's a 501c3 registered organization. They have these types of staff. They have this type of funding. They are in good relationship with a foundation. Like the things that are already kind of reinforcing more privileged organizations now, even if they're small versus what's the space for the group that has chosen never to file with the IRS and is not a C3 and is, you know, maybe fiscally sponsored or just operating on mutual aid. Like how do we make room in the storytelling of what the work is to say that it isn't just a 501c3 that has a certain amount of income that files a 990, right? Like, There are a lot of people and there's going to have to be a lot of people doing work in a lot of different ways for things to change because also like maybe the IRS should change. Like, right. Like there's a lot of layers to what could and should be happening for us to get out of us, a self perpetuating cycle of, of maintaining social issues so that we can maintain a sector that's like top five of, of the uh, sectors in the U S right. Yeah, you're you're trending toward the uh, you're you're trending toward the you're not self righteous. I know you, but yeah, if you want there to be a if you want there to be something that people pay attention to, it's got to be. I don't I don't want to say it's got to be mainstreamed, but you look, feel there, like if there was a show, let me clarify. You are feeling that if there's a show that's profiling like the honest good work, especially at a grassroots level, and it included folks who did not have a registered 501 C three, that that would be harmful. No, I don't No, I just don't No, Actually it could be beneficial. I was focusing more on the 1.7 or 8 million charities that are 501c3s. Sure. Um, no, but there's, a, of course, there's space for non, non-registered activist work. You just, we have to find those people and tell their stories just as, and amplify right. their stories just as well, just as well as we amplify the, the 501c3s. Right. That's my point. My point is just remembering okay. that yeah. we're not, yeah. that, that, even right. in our ideal brainstorm, like, let's my, create I, I a great show. Yeah. We don't borrow the like, oh, well, they must, you know, they must check, check these boxes, right? And, and change that mindset in ourselves, even as we're imagining some wonderful show that all of the producers of TV shows are listening to this radio and now will contact you, Tony, and want to produce it, no. you know? But like, even, even as we're imagining things, we are challenging ourselves to let go of structures that don't serve us so that we can imagine differently, because I think right. that's I a big piece myopic. that's needed, I, right? I was, I was being myopic. Yeah, I agree. Those, that could be a very genuine, heartfelt story. How come, how come you don't qualify or never pursued right. your IRS designation? Because then people right. could give to you and, and they would earn a tax deduction. How come you don't participate in that structure? Right. Is there a reason? Is it just you don't feel like you have access? You don't feel like you have the resources? Or you just don't want to be part of that structure? Right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I agree. Those those are genuine, heartfelt, important, and impactful stories too. Mm-hmm. So nobody's done this show, but I'm sure there's a space for it. I mean, there, I, I don't see this on CBS, but 
public public radio, public television. Right. Right. And I think just to tie it back to, you know, the activist where we started this conversation, I think, you know, if, if a group, whether it was Netflix or CBS or NPR, you know, came, for example, here to Portland and said, hey, there's some really strong mutual aid efforts happening here. We want to profile you on this show. It'll be 40 minute, beautiful documentary. I imagine it would also cause a lot of challenge for the community to say, who gets to have their voice? You know, like the premise of mutual aid is that it's like all of us coming together to support each other. And so what, what does it look like? Again, even, even if it isn't positioned as a competition for G20 access, what does it mean in that moment to, to celebratize or give credit to certain people within, within quote unquote, you know, social work. And I think, well, I'm not presenting that as a challenge. Like there could never be a documentary, please. I would love there to be way more people profiled for doing change work. My point is saying, even in, even in this other scale or, or premise of, of a show or storytelling, I think it's important still to ask the questions of, are we creating a dynamic that is harmful? Are we allowing there to be space for lots of voices and not, you know, inadvertently trying to put one person's face on the episode tile as if they're the face of that movement, right? Like, how are we honoring this as community work and not just, um, you know, maybe unintentionally from, from lack of, you know, paying attention, doing the same cycle again and turning things into one person's story. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, I'd like you to be an advisor on the show. <laughs> Great. But I, but I want you to agree that we don't want to let make perfect be the enemy of the good. No, no. And okay. I think that we can achieve that by having really intentional decision-making instead of running with opportunity, right? Like, Going slower with intention than going faster without it. Going slower with intention. Yeah. Yeah. Because we do want it. We, right. We want to honor the voices and the work. But and, we also I want, want to... and I want some fancy title. So when the credits go pie, people are like, what is that? You know? Oh, look at you. You just, <laughs> you, you just uh, contradicted everything you just said. I want no, a fancy you said title. That, you said that, oh, I, yeah. that I'm, I'm a producer on the show. So well, then I like, said, well, that you're already I want yourself. something. That doesn't say producer. I want something that's like. You're already, you're already elevating yourself. You're already making it about you. You just said, we don't want to make it about one person. I said advisor. You elevated yourself to producer. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know what the difference in those words is. So what a contradiction. (laughs) I I don't work in TV. What, what, what's the, tell me what the difference between an advisor and a producer is. I thought producers like just, I I always thought a producer was like a, 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 convenient name because you didn't you weren't like actually part of the show i think producers are the they get the money either they give oh. the money or they make the money or they find the money they find see. it okay. among uh, their connections and their and their the corp the uh the media people they know uh and they like they make it happen okay well so i'm gonna need okay so if i'm gonna advise you on something then i'm gonna need to go to some like advisor Advisor is some, some some class about what what you do to make a TV show because I have never been involved in that world. All right, and I'm not restricted to television either. Okay, cool. Interpretive dance. <laughs> that's that's too esoteric. All right. 
somewhere between interpretive dance and television. Okay. There's plenty of, there's plenty of media space. All right. All right. Um, yeah. I, I, I believe there's a space for a show that people will, will follow that, that tells the story correctly. Yeah. All right. Anything you want to leave us with? I give you the last word as. I, I, I will. You've already said that you agree with me. So I'll say I agree with you on that. There is something here. I don't know that it's the activist, but hopefully we can, as we explore, I think a lot of different storytelling podcast, you know, like there's, there is a, a, a rich history of people of being storytellers and finding places where we elevate the, the work to change our world as something we prioritize in the stories we tell. I agree. I agree. All right. Maybe we'll watch the documentary uh, whenever it comes out and uh, maybe we'll yeah, have a watch party. Maybe we'll review <laughs> at least the first one. We'll give it a, give it an even shot. The first, yeah. It's supposed to be a docu-series. I didn't catch that. In my, is it supposed to be a series? Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think it's still multiple episodes and like, okay. you know, all right. We'll give it a shot. We'll give the first one a shot and see what they do. Okay. Okay. I think we should have nonprofit radio watch party. Have everybody tweet while they're watching it or something, you know? Oh, we could do that. The hash- with the hashtag. All yeah, right. there you go. All right. Thank you very much. It's good to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the good conversation. Thank you. Amy Sample Ward, our technology and social media contributor, and they are CEO of N10 at amysampleward.org and at Amy R.S. Ward. Thanks again. Thanks, Tony. Next week, Gene Takagi returns with Risk Management One. And I am going to miss saying the activist activates activism. The activist activates activism. It's very clever. I must, <laughs> it must have been written by the intern. If you missed any part of this week's show, I beseech you, find it at TonyMartinetti.com. We're sponsored by Turn 2 Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. Turn-2.co. Our creative producer is Claire Meyerhoff. The show's social media is by Susan Chavez. Mark Silverman is our web guy. And this music is by Scott Stein. Thank you for that affirmation, Scotty. Be with me next week for Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Go out and be great.